and welcome back to the 11th episode of Read It Right with Shubh Das Gupta. So it took me 10 episodes to get a woman, a lady, and that's uh, that's only by accident and not by design uh, because this interview was supposed to be held earlier, but it it got delayed uh, due to some of the other reason. So finally, we have Sainthini Das Gupta, who is the author of uh, Women Who Misbehave, and this is a book uh, collection of short stories that has been published by Penguin. So it's a great honor to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Great. So how are the responses that you are receiving for your book so far? So far, uh, so far it's been good. Yeah, I am not tracking the book um, as closely as I know some authors do because two reasons. First, because I want to just have let the book have its own life without hovering over it. And now that it's made, it's out in the world, it has its own journey, it has its own fate and does not need me to sort of mother it and smother it. So that's one. And the second reason is because I have heard, because I'm friends with a lot of authors, just given I teach in a creative writing program, et cetera, that if you start tracking those things, it can quickly become obsessive and then you can sort of get really disappointed with someone giving, you know, two stars or three stars or whatever. And that's not what anyone needs because uh, it's not essential that everyone has to like the book. Obviously, there are people who are going right. to read it, there are people who are going to li- love it. And to just allow that to happen and, you know, for me to make sure I am doing the best I can to help the book right. in the world, but then for me to move on and work on whatever is my next book. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, one thing that uh, came into my mind, one question that came into my mind is that you have such uh, interesting characters of all ages and everything from different times and whatnot. So uh, how do you, what would you say, where, where did the inspiration for the book, uh, where did the inspiration for this book come from? So multiple sources, but most often I would say anecdotes from my own life or from people's lives and mm-hmm. uh, newspaper stories. So for example, the story Shaji and Salman, which is, um, or is it Shaji or Salman or what? Uh, I forget. No, uh, it's Shaji and... Satnam. Satnam. That's right. So um, Shaji and Satnam uh, was inspired by a real life story I read in the newspaper. This was back in okay. 2013, I think, of a woman and her uh, partner killing her entire family because the family was so opposed. And of course, okay. on the surface of it, it looks <clears throat> a violent crime committed by this young woman and her uh, partner. And they are such horrible people. But I couldn't stop thinking about what led them to this step because I can't think of anyone who is in love and wanting to start a new life and being like, you know what? I should start my new life by killing people. That should be the first step of our journey forward. So Mm -hmm. is it that prompts someone to think this way? What are perhaps the problems in her background that have prompted this? And I didn't want to, to be sympathetic 
to the fact that she is killing her entire family, but to just sort of understand what leads someone to this point. So that was from a newspaper article. Then the story Sisters is also, it's based in Texas and it's based on um, the constant conversations about border relations that are happening in the United States and in India as well, for that matter, pretty much everywhere in the world, who is allowed, who is illegal, who is a legal resident. These are constantly questioned. And in each of my stories, I feel I've tried to have the main story and then sort of a subtext story. So um, that's what happened in Sisters as well, that there is the main story of this, of the main character trying to figure out who she is because her childhood has been filled with a particular kind of trauma and how it impacts her adulthood and mm-hmm. how the political climate around her impacts uh, her life on this particular mm-hmm. day. Right. So uh, one of the things that really, you know, it stayed with me is your character uh, from the story, the reader. So probably because it is from a background of rural Bengal that I relate to much more than the other um, backdrops. Uh, But how do you write such real alive characters with real uh, aspirations? And when even if they are doing the horrific act of killing off an entire family to get a fresh uh, start, you empathize, happen to empathize with the characters. So how, how do you do that magic? <laughs> uh, I spend a lot of time with them. And um, uh, when I'm writing a particular story, I try to imagine <clears throat> what my characters like to eat, what they watch on TV. I mean, not in the case of the reader, this is pre-television times, but what they like to do for fun, One of my writing professors, Kim Barnes, um, at the University of Idaho used to say that when you're writing fiction, you should know the brand of toilet paper your characters use. (laughs) Even if that detail of what what kind of toilet paper they are using does not make it to the story, the more you know, the more the reader will get the sense that you know these characters really well. And these are if people. They exist, they have their stories. So right now for the last few days, I have been trying to think of writing a story from the point of view of Bhanumati, who was Duryodhan's wife. And don't really hear a lot about her in most versions of the Mahabharata. But I've been trying to think in my head, what would the wife, and she was the only wife of Duryodhan as far as we know. So in spite of all his evils, he did not marry multiple times. He had one wife and he was committed to her and he loved her all his life. So I'm trying to figure out how someone in her position would think, would behave. What would she like to eat? What would she talk to her husband about? And uh, what would she feel about this war? So on and so forth. So I ask myself a lot of questions vis-a-vis my main characters. And I think some of that translates into making them feel real and authentic. And, and, and that actually brings me to my next question. So now you're, uh, as you explore the story of uh, um, Duryodhan's wife, I think it's a completely a different timeline, a completely different ethos. And you've done that throughout your book. Uh, 
there's been like what 1800s uh, rural bengal there's been uh, modern times uh, contemporary times usa contemporary times india so you've uh, you've done that pretty well so how have you managed to cover uh, such multiple landscapes and diverse as they are uh, with such accuracy research that's been fundamental i mostly write creative non fiction so the way we understand creative non fiction in sort of the creative writing programs in the us is um basically real stories of our real lives and the creative part is that we are letting our imagination fill in some of the gaps but for the most part non fiction because we are telling the truth about our lives when we do that we have to still research even though we have lived our lives we have to research we don't remember for example exactly what happened in the world in say 1995 we have to research that so i take that same lesson from creative non fiction uh, hardcore into my fiction and depending on what time period i'm writing about i try to gather everything i can about that specific time period so if it's 1885 what all was happening in the world what all was happening locally because even if that does not literally come into the story the fact that these people are dealing with it in the background will have an impact on their behavior and so that research element is very important i look at a lot of photographs i look at maps even if again they don't make it to the story but where we live how a person who grows up on an island versus how a person who lives in amdavad or a person who lives yeah. in carolina which is right you know where i live i'm 15 minutes from the ocean which is wonderful most times of the year but then from june 1st to september we are in hurricane watch and in the two and a half years i have lived here we have been evacuated twice because of the onslaught of the hurricanes and so i want these details to be very clear in my head and therefore the research of where one lives etc because how we grow up where we grow up has such a tremendous impact on how we look at the world so um that's why these details are important and in terms of how i covered them um this diverse set of characters that's how they kind of came to my head uh demanding to be written and with the story sisters i really resisted writing it because a it was set in texas and b yeah. uh, and i have never lived in texas i have been to texas but i have never lived there so i felt that i am not the right person to write this story secondly the two characters and sisters are hispanic and white and i am neither of those things so yeah that, that's what i was wondering as well so that's why i was like i am not the right person to be telling these women stories but the characters showed up like that they were adamant i tried to make them indian and put them in an indian context and they were not having it so i just listened to i'm a big believer in honoring wherever these things come from you know whatever magical yeah. place these things these people show up from so i was like all right i will i will listen to you and i did that <laughs> great 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 so you happen to teach uh, writing for your day job so i'm a writer myself like i've been writing professionally for the last 8 years and uh, i never had any 
good fortune to have a formal training. Uh, so I've always believed that you can write your way through life. So mm -hmm. can writing or creative writing even be taught? So yes and no. So someone like you, who is already a writer, who is doing well uh, as a writer, you don't necessarily need a writing program. You are well set. And of course, there are so many writers in India, rest of the world that we have had, that we have, um, folks like us have grown up reading. They did not go to a university for a creative writing program. So absolutely, great writers exist without creative writing programs. And uh, creative writing programs, I think, are essential and they serve a purpose because I believe writing can be taught. But writing cannot be taught if you don't have any modicum of talent in that specific area. So if you're born with some amount of writing talent, you come to us and we polish and shape and hone your work so that it becomes even better. You know how to right. write better sentences, tighter sentences, tighter plots. Uh, you know how to look at a paragraph and decide, oh, it, this needs more scene. This needs more details of place and time or details of smell, sight, etc. But what you really need as a writer is discipline, right? And that's something you know as a professional writer yourself. And that's something I, I feel I bring to my classes that there is only so much we can teach you in the three years that you are here in the program with us for an MFA. After that, it's you and the blank page. You have to show up. It is a matter of discipline. You have to sit yourself on that chair and stare at your laptop or stare at your, at your writing notebook and do the hard work of writing. Because writing is so goddamn hard. It is hard. It's a source it of is. joy, but it is also yeah. hard to do it well, to do it every day, to do it even when you want to do things like Netflix or <laughs> hang out. You want to go for a movie. You want to go for a great meal. But you have to sort of come back and remember that this is the thing that needs your utmost attention. And so if, if one is serious about writing, and I tell this to my students all the time, some things have to be sacrificed. You can't be, uh, this sounds horrible, but I don't think you can be, you know, a best friend to 50 people. You can probably be a great friend to two people. <laughs> you can't yeah. watch everything on Netflix. You can't go <laughs> out every restaurant. You can't go to, on every vacation. Okay. If you're serious about this, then this demands your discipline and devotion. And yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of time management. So I think writing can be taught like any other form of art, whether that is playing the piano or the violin or drawing the Mona Lisa, but there is talent and then there is discipline. And I think that's what's more important. Right, right, fair enough. So. Off the top of your head, what are the top five things that you would say are uh, indispensable for a career in creative writing? Um, a lot of reading. First and foremost, you can't be a good writer without being a very good reader. And right. you can be a writer without being a reader, but you can't be a very good writer without being a very good reader. 
Yeah. So that's number one. Second, to have some kind of a routine where you are showing up to do the hard work of writing every day or almost every day. Then third, I would say having supportive people around you, people who really believe in you, people who encourage your dream, people who are not pulling you into their drama or discouraging <laughs> or demanding right. too much of your time and attention when your characters need your time and attention. Uh, then I would say having maybe two or three really trusted readers who will read your work and offer honest advice, feedback, uh, who will be respectful of the work that you've done, but who will also be able to point out that, hey, I think this character needs a little bit more work. I think this uh, setting can be changed to something else. I think you don't need this dialogue, you know, that kind of feedback. Yeah. And then fifth, uh, I think just a lot of um, faith in yourself. Because mm -hmm. If you are serious about writing, then rejections are going to be a part of your life. Uh, and to sort of remember that the reason you write is not to sign a book contract. It's not to get money. Because first of all, this, this does not really... Writing a book does not pay. Um, you are not doing it for all these reasons. You are not doing it to secure interviews, even that, even though that's a massive perk of the job. But you're doing it because you love to write. And that's why you're doing it. So that kind of faith, because this can take away your confidence so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, those are my right. five reasons. Right, right, right. So you put them very well. Uh, so how long did, you, uh, did it take for you to write uh, Women Who Misbehave? From the first story to the last, the whole process took 14 years. And okay. 14 years, yeah. But I was not writing just this book in 14 years. I was working at any given time. I'm working on multiple projects, multiple books. So that's what happened with this one as well. Um, and... I kept writing, I kept rewriting, I kept throwing out stories that did not feel like they fit. Um, so I have a bank of stories that just have the first paragraph written and then nothing else happens. They just die or freeze in time. Um, so yeah, it took, um, I spent a lot of time with each of these stories and I was not in a huge rush for this book because as I said, I'm primarily a writer of nonfiction. So yeah. um, I was in a bigger rush for my first book, but this, this took the time it did. And I'm glad it took the time because I think the, the women became their most misbehaving yeah. given the time. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Uh, so, so how did uh, Penguin as a publisher come into the picture? Uh, I finished the manuscript and I had an agent in India. So once I gave her the completed 10 stories, she sent it off to, I believe, um, four or five publishing houses in all. And uh, then we started receiving offers and we considered, we went back and forth from um, what we, what the offers we received, etc. And then finally, yeah. I went to the Penguin. Yeah. Right. So um, I didn't know that uh, the agent system works in India. I thought it was 
primarily a us uh, preoccupation that way so uh, i think the agenting system has become a much bigger thing in the last maybe 5 6 years and there are uh-huh. i think about uh 6 to 10 agencies that are really well known and are doing well uh, doing good work uh, and and working with a variety of authors and yeah. um here of course it's it's a chaotic gigantic system because there are thousands and thousands of agents so yeah. i was i was very lucky to get the attention of of a person in india and um she liked what i wrote so yeah it it made the work easy because otherwise because i live in north carolina it would have been really difficult to figure out who to approach how to approach so on so forth right 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 so you know talk to us about your writing journey uh, right from the very beginning you know 10 year old 12 year old when was the first time you want you discovered that you wanted to write and you could write and from then on talk to us about the entire journey uh Sure. Uh, I wrote my first story. I think shortly after I was six, and it was a blended mishmash of Cinderella and Snow White and a couple of fairy tales like that. Uh, and I read it to my parents. They right. loved it. Then we went to Calcutta. I, we used to live in New Delhi. Then we went to Calcutta to uh, for a vacation. and i was asked to read my story to my grandparents and i read it to them this time i got a bigger applause and i was like wow i have to continue writing these people need it <laughs> i can't stop because look at them i mean this is clearly something they've been waiting for their entire lives so uh that and then just the joy of seeing the stories that i was reading that people were reading out to me were coming from people's imagination that someone's head just created these amazing things and i wanted to be that person so badly so eagerly so um i knew from the time i was 6 or 7 that the most important thing in my life was going to be having books with my name on them and this right. dream i've had from childhood till now uh then i finished school i went to college i got my history degree uh from st stevens and then i went to jnu for a masters in history and i always knew that i was going to write but it wasn't clear to me what i was going to write then i joined the publishing industry in india as an editor because i thought that the more i work with books the more i will know what is it that i want to write and somewhere along the journey of being an editor i decided i want to learn how to write and i want to be in a creative writing program so i quit my job in publishing and i came to the us for an mfa in creative right. writing and then i got my degree and i started teaching and along this process the various books happened and uh, yeah so that's the journey so far i can't believe that i am someone who gets to teach storytelling for a living and this makes the 6 year old inside me so happy and so really shocked like literally every morning i'm like this is my job i get to talk about books and writing the whole day i am the luckiest human on earth so <laughs> yeah that's the journey and i'm i'm very grateful for it <laughs> 